Okay, I'm gonna talk about terminal uniqueness. Um, it's gonna go off into like three different directions. And uh, this first one is just gonna be defining terminal uniqueness in the way that I had no idea it was associated with. So first off, some background. I first heard this term through the title of a Lamb of God song off the album Resolution. Randy Bly, the vocalist, um, I don't know, if, I guess primary lyricist, because he's not the only one in the band, um, of, of Lamb of God, um, has struggled with substance abuse and alcoholism specifically, and, you know, there's other things in the song that I didn't tie to that, that now that I know more about that term, that specific term, um, I, can, I can recognize that this song has more depth to it than I was looking at it on, um, or looking at it with, about. I can't think of what I just said now and the proper words that I should have put after that. Anyway, um, I decided, you know, again, once in a blue moon, to do some research. Just because I was thinking, like, I wonder, I wonder if that's a line that someone else has used or that's an, an idea um, that people have kind of extrapolated on and written about. And then my search results for that, you know, use that word, like terminally unique um, or terminal uniqueness, I don't remember what I put in, just yielded results about substance abuse and Alcoholics Anonymous and like Narcotics Anonymous and addiction. And I was like, where is all this coming from? What is going on? Because I had my own idea about what it meant to be terminally unique. And it made sense. And it still does make sense. And it still is kind of what they're talking about in these, um, you know, articles and, and things that are talking specifically about being terminally unique in the context of substance abuse. So to give you a um, very short synopsis of what I found, basically, basically they were talking about, you know, uh, a lot of people with addiction sometimes can suffer from being terminally unique in the fact that they think that no one else has gone through what they're going through. Obviously, that's not a good mindset to have when you are in something like group therapy, right? With, with the, like, Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous and some of these other things, these groups or centers or activities... Um, etc. Are, are led by somebody and there's a group of people and you're trying to share and be open and talk about your experiences and listen to other people's experiences and if you think that you're alone in that that's not really a you know it was just saying that some people are so blind to the fact that other people are like them um, or have things in common with them that, that it just doesn't help because if they see other people as having the same issues they can obviously form relationships and bond and also see people as good examples for, oh, this person was in the same position I was, yet they made it out and they were able to be sober and, and live a healthy life and whatever else. So anyway, first of all, I just need to address that because I did not associate it. Like that song came out in 2012. So for the last eight years, that's not something that term I'd ever associated with this. It seems like a very specific, like... Um, I don't want to call it like a like a syndrome or something, but I mean like it's like a specific thing that that seems to be attached to people with addiction issues, and uh, I just had never heard of it in that context. Um, it's not it's not a term that I've really had come up in regular everyday conversation either. So it's just something that I've been thinking about. Um, now, it's just one of those things that I'm like I don't really know how I arrived at having this conversation today exactly. But part of it is because last week, um, you know, uh, Randy, not Randy Bly from Lamb of God, but like my partner Randy, 
Uh, we had Jordan on the podcast, and we talked about originality. It was just a, it was you know, it just arrived at that subject. We didn't go into it uh, with with that idea. And we talked about originality and if it is real, if you can be original, or if you can't be, you're always standing on the shoulder of giants, your subconscious is filtering all these things that you take in, and then you express stuff and it has these little bits of other people and their ideas and their things, and that kind of seeped into, to, you know, just me reflecting on that, that podcast episode that I used the excerpt of as my conversation last week, um, but then also, I was thinking, or I guess two weeks ago, I think. Uh, but also, I was just thinking of yesterday I had a conversation with somebody and they were they used the term um, a pissing contest of dysfunction. And that all those two things seeped into whatever and then I just realized, you know what I'm going to talk about this week is going to it's going to be about being terminally unique. I looked up the term, and then I arrived at, oh, this is a thing that I was not aware of at all in that context. So there you go. So, I do want to start off in, in the generalities, I guess, and, and talk about the fact that I really do think that everyone is their own individual person and unique and original, and therefore their expressions can be that way too. So, I want to kind of run through this quickly, because it, 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 I run into a hypocritical problem. Um, I think that you could have a set of twins, identical twins, and they can be, you know, under the same roof with, with uh, parents, and they could go through the same situations and um, issues and scenarios, and yet they still are two different people who interior, like, they, they feel different things however slight, and this goes back to another conversation from weeks ago that has to do with nature and nurture. Because let's say they're nurture, let's say you could have a controlled environment where your nurture was exactly the same. And even these are two identical twins with their DNA and everything being the same, there are going to be similarities, uh, way more similarities than not, um, and way more than the average for siblings that are not identical twins, but they still have a certain amount of nature that could that is different just with personality traits and things like that um and then their their nurture could be the same yet you know it's a possibility sometimes that maybe parents would even lean more list towards one kid than the other and that changes their nurture and there's just there's going to be differences um how someone feels and then sometimes how they express stuff so what i was thinking of as an example too was like what if two people were to draw a straight line with a pencil on a piece of paper, they're not going to be the same. People are going to have different pressure on the pencil. The line is going to be quicker or, or shorter. Um, it'll take longer, a, a slower line, a quicker line. Uh, the, the, therefore, it might be a thinner line versus a thicker line. It could be the exact same pencil, same ruler, same paper, everything. And it's going to be different. The angle of the straightness might be different on the page, right? Like, there's so many things because the person is an individual with their own ideas um, of what a straight line could be or how to go about achieving that straight line. And the, um, I guess that's the thing. You would have them side by side and you, they'll be like, oh, those are the same. But then you look at it closer, maybe they're not the same. Even if they looked exactly the same, they just wouldn't be the same because two different people made them. And that's just how I feel about that subject of being unique and original and um, 
yeah, just just being it's just um being a, a person that is separate from other people, even with so many similarities, I just feel like that is you automatically in your existence are not the same as anyone else. However, I run into this hypocritical problem because one of my big things that I judge people on is being just like everyone else. Either, but unfortunately, again, I'm, when I say judge people, it's just in my nature or whatever that it just seems to, to do that. I, I feel like a very judgmental person and obviously it's something that I have worked on a lot and I'm very conscious and aware of and the negativities that can come with that. So I, I say things with a caveat a lot because people who choose to be like everyone else are different than people who are not as cognitively able and maybe don't, I guess can't, uh, maybe be their own person as much. And th there's a difference right there. And obviously in saying this, I still believe 100% everyone is different and original and thus unique, but some people don't choose to use the things within them that make them unique to actually express themselves as unique or act in a unique way. And we want to talk about leaders and followers. I do not believe I'm a leader because there's so much baggage that comes with that title, but I'm not a follower. I do the things I want to do because I want to do them. Generally, that's how that works for me. I don't see someone else doing it and decide to do that exact same thing because they look cool so or people think they're cool and I want people to think I'm cool so I'm going to do that thing. That's a very like simplified version of this. Um, but I mean that's how we would talk to someone maybe in high school or middle school or even elementary school about being a leader, a leader versus a follower and you can be your own person and make your own choices and I think you know with expressing yourself as an original person, critical thinking is also really key. Some people are not very cognitive, cognitively able to do a lot of critical thinking. It's just not something that's in their nature that they are capable of doing with the way that they are, are built in their, uh, in their brain, mind, body, soul, heart, whatever. And there's some people who have that capability who choose not to use it. And there's that whole parable of the talents in the sand, and I'm not going to go into it, but you can look that up. Um, so it's a point of frustration, I would say for me, and something I judge people very harshly on when I believe that they are able to be their own person and they choose not to be, and they follow, and they follow trends, and they just do stuff without thinking. Like I said, I think it's very tied to critical thinking a lot. Um, and that's kind of where I was coming at with this conversation, because the other, th oops, the other thing, um is that we all wanna believe that we're unique. And I do wanna believe I'm unique. And I'm like, why do I wanna believe that? I think part of it is just because I believe in, in it being true, but why do I wanna believe that? Part of it is tied to my anxiety about mortality, my fear of mortality, my desire to leave a legacy, to be significant. Um, and if you wanna think about this in, in um, a nihilistic way where nothing matters and no one's significant and everyone's the same, and blah, 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 blah. Obviously, that's just not something for me because, I mean, if I were to use that approach, maybe I could come to peace with my own mortality. It's really difficult, and I, I just have a lot of anxiety over that. Um, but I, I want to leave a legacy. I want to be someone of significance in some way to people, and not like in a celebrity famous type way, not in a superficial way, but in this way that feeds into me, I guess, being an artist and wanting to just create something of worth um, that makes people think. And same thing with being a teacher. Like, I, I, my favorite thing is to 
assist students in finding their own way to express themselves um, and also critical thinking skills, to teach critical thinking skills, why that's important and how to build on that and what it means and how to analyze things and reflect and then express. Anyway, that's where I'm coming at this with. Um, man, I can't speak English today. That's where I'm, I'm at when I'm coming. I can't think. Along with that, one of the other things I mentioned was that sometimes people have this, to quote my friend, pissing contest of dysfunctionality. And I, f I love the phrasing of that because I was like, yes, that's one of those things that I also hate, um, that I really dislike, is when people... I think that some people are so insignificant or they feel so insignificant or they are insecure about their significance or insecure about their whatever it is, their, um, their uh, I guess, ability to be unique, original, important, matter, um, insecure about them being g good enough about who they are, where they are in their life, about things smart enough, creative enough, whatever it is that because they can't necessarily stand out with their talents or the quality of their thoughts or whatever it is, that I find that some people start to rely on their dysfunctionality. I really believe that everyone has problems. You could be the most privileged person um, with tons of opportunities and no need for to even work or whatever because the, the circumstances you were born into, you still have problems. You still have issues. You are still a human being that has emotions. I believe we're all very complex um, and, and we live in a complex environment um, and we have these things that we can't really figure out, our bodies relating to our mind and heart and soul and consciousness and all this crazy stuff that, you know, we, we have to put aside and also sometimes think about a lot in the forefront of our minds, and it's just a mess. And this is life, and this is human beings. Um, I really just believe that people have problems and issues and, and things, uh, no matter who you are. And now I forget why I brought that up. Oh, yes, because some people maybe feel the need to have, have this quote-unquote pissing contest of, dis of dysfunction, um, because, again, they're overcompensating for these other things. They need to feel like, no, I had it rough. Part of it might be a scapegoat or an excuse for where they are now. And it's difficult because sometimes people they're talking to will start doing that. And they could say that they are this or they are that and all these negative things and that their upbringing or things that they've done or used to do. And you're like... I've been in that upbringing and you don't seem authentic because you're like bragging about it like this thing that, that you wouldn't brag about. And if you were in that scenario or if you did those things and if you really felt them and you were um, honest about it and you were sincere and you were whatever, you wouldn't be talking about it this way. And it's interesting because I, I feel like that relates, because, uh, this is a very fragmented thing about talking about being terminally unique, but I feel like that relates because these people want to have this thing that like, it's weird because it's like a thing that people could relate to. It's like a marker of like, I know what that thing is that you're talking about. And, um, and 
I'm supposed to like feel pity for you or something because I understand what it means to, to or somewhat understand, but at the same time, it's like, but you wouldn't understand because you didn't grow up poor like me or you didn't self-harm or whatever. And it's like, I, I don't know. It's one of those things. And it, for me personally, coming from, you know, someone who um, did self-harm, it was always interesting when other people who may not have known that about you used it as a form of gaining attention with their chicken scratch, surface scratching, or whatever you want to call it, that I don't really feel sincerely, uh, this is a whole other topic, sincerely or genuinely felt some of those things that would make someone actually self-harm. This is really problematic to talk about self-harm with like real self-harm versus not, whatever, but it's one of those things that relates to this where someone is wanting like a pity party or to have attention, um, attention seeking behavior based off of look at poor me, poor me, poor me, like the things that I did, the things that I went through, whatever else happened to be, again, I think in a way overcompensating for the fact that they don't feel unique, original, um, what do they have to be proud of that they could be, um, doing with their actions that would gain any positive attention possibly. This reminds me of another Lamb of God line that it, it reminds me of the line that I actually don't remember verbatim. And, uh, man, what is it? Um, something is the murder of self. And I think it's in the song Ruin. And now, oh man, I need to figure this out. Um... This is so horrible that I don't remember this line because uh, I, I believe I, I used to scream it in if we covered the song, which I believe we did because I believe it's from Ruin. Um, I'm under pressure. I'm under pressure, and I don't want to. Uh, seeking. Oh, what is it? Seeking something in another is the murder of self. What is it? Seeking the favor of another is the murder of self, I believe is what it is. Um, I couldn't find it, but I think that's what it is. And uh, yeah, that kind of relates to that too. It's just like, you should be showing this thing with your actions, whatever that is. Um, being unique, original, your own person, an individual, whatever. Um, anyway, that just reminded me of that line. Sorry about that blip there. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just another line that really stands out to me that makes me reflect on my habits and my things and am I being attention seeking or what am I doing and how am I doing it and whatever else and, and you know seeking the approval of someone else or whatever is not what I need to do in order to feed my creative endeavors or whatever it is that I'm doing. Positive feedback is always nice and it's nothing to do with that but it's by, I think that line has to do with like doing something specifically for someone else's approval. Um, Again, it would be the same thing as someone who is a follower, who is like, oh, well, that thing is a good thing. People perceive that as a good thing, so I will also do that thing, rather than I will do what I want to do because I want to do it, or I'm going to do the right thing because I know it's the right thing to do, not because whatever, or I, I don't know. Anyway, this is a really fragmented conversation with this term, terminally unique. Um, <clears throat> 
In the context of the addiction thing, the substance abuse, I understand how it's detri detrimental. So that's why it's called being like terminally unique has this negative connotation to it. Where it's like, yeah, you're so original. You're so, like, that, that also, like, like, the crossover there, I understand. Being like, nah, like, we have things we can relate to here. We're in this, like, together. And, um, you know, you've got a lot of things in common as addicts. And so we want to build this foundation for, for um, being relatable and being able to see yourself in someone else's story and lift each other up and all that stuff. I completely understand that. Again, on the flip side, people can be sarcastic. Like, yes, you are so unique. You are so original. Look at you being a follower, doing that thing. Um, and then, and then people want to talk about being terminally unique. Like if you're maybe from a nihilist perspective being like, no, nobody's unique. Everyone's the same. No one like, and I rail against that so much because like I said, my fear of mortality and things like that. Um, and it's this weird hypocritical thing too where some people want to have this pissing contest of dysfunction and it's like is that you're like putting yourself in a spot with a lot of other people um but it's kind of disingenuous but you're trying to like separate yourself from whoever you're talking to in order to gain attention to overcompensate for the fact that you have no positive or you have nothing like that you can contribute maybe to to give you positive attention or you just don't think you do because you're being insecure right now anyway um I, I I don't know that that term just like really it just came up in the originality thing and uh, and that conversation that I had the other day and it was just like oh this is a thing and like it's something that I believe why do I believe it and why do I want to believe it and um, is that a good thing to believe is that a positive thing is that gonna help me and I don't know it's that that's maybe me thinking of myself as a unique and original person is a coping mechanism for life. I'm going to do some writing about that later. We will see you on another time.